0: All right, it's the Chance of Gaming podcast, episode 78, and with me always is Richard and Roy.
1: Hey, everybody. It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? I'm not dead yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's been, what, six weeks, two months or something like that? We kept having stuff coming up and couldn't record. I don't know. Well,
2: I was going to say, I've been having... uh, um, family medical issues. So I've kind of been out with, with
1: that. Yeah. You keep coming to St. Louis and I keep avoiding you, which is really oh. weird because oh, well, you've been it. here what twice and I haven't seen you either time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, like,
2: yeah so, I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead. He, he's like, Richard, please uh, just eat with me in the, in the uh, hospital cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. Uh, and you're like, no, can't help you, buddy. It's bro. even
1: the hospital that I work at. So I'm like doubly avoiding him. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you work
2: like right there or do you work from home?
1: I work from home, but I work okay. for that hospital. So Actually, Barnes
2: Jewish Hospital is a vast, vast place. It's like ER. Yes. Yeah, it's huge. So,
1: And that's where I was when I had my issues earlier this year too, which is All why right. I know that they're so good on cardiac stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When, you, when you were mostly dead? Yeah. <laughs> they had to go to Miracle Max and put the thing in your mouth. and That's yeah. right that's the whole thing all right I got you
1: so So, uh yeah
0: it's it has been a while it seems like I guess maybe and uh yeah so
2: the the first time I was in St. Louis uh Richard was gone somewhere I'm not sure Was in Dallas yeah it was the same
1: weekend as your I was at a convention the same weekend as your convention Adam okay
2: ah okay so it happened to be that well, what do you do when you go to St. Louis? You go. You have to make a pilgrimage to miniature market. That's right. So I went in there on a Saturday, and there were some guys pushing around little chits and hex encounters counters and everything. And I looked at them and I said, "You guys look like you know. Look like you know Richard Trepper." <laughs> and they go,
1: "Oh yeah."
2: And so I, so I, I met the. There were five, I think, people there for the. Uh, the what's the what's the official name the st louis
1: st louis historical or, gaming society stl yes. hugs
2: okay so uh, i met um, i met bruce and then there was another fellow that i didn't quite catch his name it was chris 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 fawcett is a yep. designer and did yep. he design he designed atlantic chase right
1: no no he didn't design that game they were just playing at that day
2: okay all right yeah so, so
1: adam you've met chris too he uh he came to KC.
2: Okay. I think so I you, know you probably
1: about. remember him as well. Well, to me but, he looks like him Savage.
0: But uh more importantly, uh Roy met Bruce Goose barbecue? Yes. That's probably I oh, was
2: wow. either too. Okay.
0: Well, that's the Bruce, that, that, yeah. that's the Bruce you met. Yeah. Yep.
2: Uh, all right. So, yep, I uh I, I I did my my uh my pilgrimage to Miniature Market and I picked up uh, a couple of games there, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um but so I went to the zoo in St. Louis because the hospital where uh, I went, I was not sick. It was my mom, um, is right across the street from Forest Park, which is a gigantic park on kind yep. of on the same uh, scale as Central Park, I guess. Bigger. And so you, you, oh, really? Okay. Yep,
1: It's bigger than Central Park.
2: So you can walk from the hospital to the zoo, but it's about a 45 minute walk. Um, I did not walk it, but uh walked around the zoo for a little bit I went to miniature market as it's I said that
1: it's not that far from Barnes to the zoo oh I just said 15 tops
2: oh really okay yeah. I the Google told me it was like 45 minutes
1: yeah Google's weird
2: but or not <laughs> yeah Google Maps I guess but yeah I kind of I, I tooled around St. Louis for a couple of weekends going and um now I'm back in Michigan in sunny michigan where it was actually not that bad of a day today it was pretty warm it was
1: beautiful here today yeah which means it was probably like 105 in mississippi
0: (laughs) yeah it's been better i have to say i got up this morning and uh i had a game and i'll talk about that in a minute but uh i was like okay i got i'll put on pants and because not (laughs) as in not shorts (laughs) and i walked outside and it was like 78 and i'm like what am i doing dad got it So, anyway it's yeah it's, yeah. it's always hot as the level lowest level of hell here and yeah yeah <laughs> well totally. i'm sorry i
1: miss you roy and hopefully uh, hopefully your mom's getting better but hopefully we can also actually meet up sometime seems to be
2: that's i don't I'm, i'll probably be back down there eventually partially because i bought a shirt at miniature market and i bought an extra large i should have bought a large so i'm going to go exchange the size <laughs>
0: I've got to drive all the way back to uh, yeah. St. Louis in order to um, exchange this shirt. And I was oh. trying to think. I that reminds me. I messaged you. I think Richard, uh, there was something I was started watching. Oh yeah, the uh, it's on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus, whatever it is. Finch, that uh, Tom Hanks post
1: apocalyptic movie. Oh, is, mm-hmm. is that the one I've seen, like, on the St. Louis subreddit, people... Is that the one where he says, like, I gotta get the fuck out of St. Louis or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, Because
0: yeah. <laughs> it, it, start, it starts in St. Louis. And so, so it's post-apocalyptic? Yeah. yeah.
2: Really? Okay. I'll have to check that out, I guess. I mean, I'm a, I like I'm sucker it. i for that.
0: It, I mean, it basically uh, is just Tom Hanks, you know, it's his thing. They're, I can't really think of another actor in it you know that, that that you even see it's pretty much just him and his robots doing okay.
2: stuff so yeah that, uh, that George Clooney movie where he was a, a researcher kind of at the Arctic Pole or something kind of it's basically it's just him oh yeah that, I forgot about that uh, one no, yeah. October Sky something like that I'm not sure yeah I know what you're talking about but I forgot
0: yeah. Uh, Rich, you've been watching uh, Haunting of Hill House.
1: I have. We finished it. and We just started uh, Bly Manor last night. It is so good. We're loving it. Have you guys seen it?
2: Yeah, I don't. I know nothing about it. What is it? OK,
1: it's a it's a I want to say it's a it's a horror series on Netflix. It's like 10 episodes, but it's not like slasher horror. It's it's much more mental thriller gothic horror it's it's like exactly in my wheelhouse of what i want for a like a a creepy tv show is so good and this yeah just amazing i mean it's it really is you know genre defying i would say Mm -hmm. because it's good and different in just great ways. So highly recommended. We just wanted something scary to watch. You know, we're on Halloween time, and now we're mm-hmm. just jumping right. There's actually three shows all by the same guy on Netflix. So there's The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and then Midnight Mass. So we're just going to watch all three of those in wow. order. So has anybody,
2: if uh, either of you, I have not uh, gotten fallen into the, the rabbit hole of Squid Game? Yes.
1: No. I, okay. I think that one might be more violent than my tastes. Mhm. Mhm.
2: Okay. What's this? So what's your read on Squid Game? I have not seen it either, so. All right. Hold on. All right. I will say
0: Haunting of Hill House, you know, the series, it's like it, Bly Manor, and uh, what was the last one? Midnight Mass. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> they just get better. Oh,
1: they're, yeah. It's amazing. They're different.
0: They have the same... Um, actors or whatever they're they're not connected but man are they so good yeah so very very good i was expecting um the last one to not be that well but it yeah it really <laughs> really really impressed me
1: but yeah okay. i almost right. started with the last one just because i heard it was so good but then i decided to watch them in order instead
0: i will have to check those out but uh all right uh squid game yeah it's it's as good as people make it out to be it really is, and I found it fascinating that it kind of blew up among uh, the youth, the youths, as they say.
1: And, what is a ute? Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> it, it really blew up, and uh, I was impressed. And uh, so yeah, it, It's subtitled, right? Uh, no, it's dubbed actually, oh, it? I, or, okay. and or in English. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Uh, whichever you want to say. Um, I. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I swear i think it was just in english but i could be wrong
2: really but
0: uh, i mean that's how i watched it and
2: it's really good so Hmm. there you go okay so uh when i was uh sitting in the hotel room i happened to be flipping channels and what should i come across but the shawshank redemption which is one of those films that like whenever it's on i gotta watch it because it's just i don't know it's it's a wonderful film Adam, all right. you said that you have opinions. You have, opinions, so you have uh, yeah. Opinions. Okay,
0: I have things to say, and I'm gonna have to be like really careful because, <laughs> all right, it, it, okay. Well, first of all, this is me, not
1: like you, Adam, to be careful. You will not upset me.
0: All right. Well, first of all, right now, let me go to IMDb uh-huh. and okay, and see what is the number one movie of all time. And honestly, and you know, I'm actually very surprised that it currently still is the the Shawshank redemption. Okay, really? That's surprises really. me. Okay. I know, I'm I'm surprised it it still is. Um, it, look, years and years ago, decades ago, when I was a film geek and uh, I was gatekeeping and all this—that's pretty negative, you know. I used to get so damn mad that *The Shawshank Redemption* was number one on IMDb mm-hmm. because the way I look at it is like, yes, it's a good movie, but the greatest movie of all time,
1: really? <laughs> you know, I mean, so that's how that's kind of how war gamers are with *Twilight Struggle*, Adam. You know. Okay. Um, I mean, Twilight Struggle, I haven't checked recently, but it was considered on BGG to be the greatest war game of all time. And every war gamer sort of jokes about that because is it even a war game? And it's definitely not the greatest of all time. It's not that it's bad. It's just not the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll always... Yeah, it's a good movie. It It is. But I always go back to like, is it the greatest of all time? Okay, because Godfather is number two. Godfather part two is number three. The Dark Knight is number four, which is really interesting, because yeah. that's been something like in the past ten years or so that that's crept in. Number five is Twelve Angry Men. Uh, six is Schindler's List. Seven, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. So that was the last one, right? Yes. Okay. Eight was Pulp Fiction. Nine, The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And ten, Fellowship of the Ring. And, you know, I don't want to go through the rest of them, but yeah. It, I Come mean on, these, let's go. <laughs>
1: one, one through hundred. Read
0: them. <laughs> let's do that. Just, this entire podcast. Is like, and just have opinions. It's like, wow, on... Number uh, 103 is The Kid from yeah. 1921. Should this one be
1: 73 or 74? Let's talk for 10 <laughs> minutes on that.
0: It's like, I feel like <laughs> it should be more in the 80s,
2: but here it is. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, yeah. Well, there's so many movies on here I have never heard of before.
0: Uh, yeah, that is true. Because, uh, uh, you know, it makes me wonder, like, okay, who's voting for these films from, like, 1921 that oh. are that high up and yeah, I don't know. It's is a thing. But I mean that was just, just my only opinion. It was I used to get mad that it was number one and dad gum, and apparently it's been number one for like twenty damn years now. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but
2: whatever. But Maybe. you know what I don't see on here is Dumb but, and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber <laughs> is not on the top not even in the top fifty, I think. Which is another movie that I will always stop and watch if i find it on television uh
0: yeah that is really good okay and if i click on on dumb and dumber um it is ranked number (laughs) 1328 oh come on (laughs) robbed that's a crime (laughs) that that's that's where it is um so yeah uh i mean uh, yeah i mean i agree it's it was just Fantastic. That is Jim Carrey at peak Jim Carrey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and, um, I love, like, Jeff Daniels is in it, who's a great actor. And he, I mean, yeah, because he's Lawrence Chamberlain in um, Gettysburg. He's absolutely fantastic. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I took that movie because it was a challenge. I wanted to see if I could keep up with Jim Carrey. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think he does a really good job. (laughs) You know, a a really good job in it. And uh, did you ever see the sequel? Well, technically, I think it's a prequel. Dumb and Dumberer.
2: Yes. It was um,
0: regrettable. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it. Uh, But yeah, it came out. All right. Uh, So the one movie I had to talk about. Uh, outside of Dune, which we'll get to in a minute, it's called Spaced Invaders. It came out in 1990, and this is a Halloween movie for me. I watch this every year at Halloween. It uh, my dad absolutely loved it, and it's since he's passed, it's it, you know it's become more, you know, more bigger to me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, since then. But it takes place on Halloween, and it's just hysterical. I absolutely love it, and I highly recommend you check this out. It came out oh. in, like, 1990. It's basically, yeah, it's sort of like, in you know, world, War of the Worlds in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, it's just these bunch of dumb Martians are out on patrol around Mars, and they uh, intercept this signal that's a rebroadcast of War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh yeah, okay, shit's going on. So let's, yeah. So we don't want to miss this. So let's head o- over to Earth and invade it. And uh, yeah, they're just a bunch of idiots, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and yeah. So anyway, I highly, highly recommend it.
2: So. so Ariana Richards, who was the little girl in Jurassic Park, the 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 hacker girl, yeah, w- was in Space Invaders. I was really? looking at the at the different roles. So she was she was the little girl in there. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, let's
0: see. Oh wow, she's well, I was gonna say she's still working, but she
2: hasn't worked since twenty thirteen. Who is she Lex. in Space Who Lex was her character in Jurassic Park.
0: Okay. Who is she in Space Invaders? I don't know. Trying I... to see she is Kathy. Kathy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good for her, I guess. Maybe. Uh, I hope she's still alive and maybe. So there's she's a quote tired. from Kathy that
2: yeah. says, "But Dad, they're not really bad. They're just stupid." Yes.
0: Uh. Yeah. That's That's, <laughs> that's it. Truly.
2: So that was her. That was her. Her. Uh, her debut in cool. into acting was Spaced Invaders.
0: Okay. Yeah. But it's great. Love it. So have you guys seen Dune?
1: Not, I have no. never seen anything ever of Dune.
2: Oh my! Well, good. Well, I know. Uh, mm, the um. All right. Yeah. I have, the I have the, the one from the eighties is regrettable. Aside from I, the casting, the, the casting was spot on.
0: Was, I'm, see, I'm like, I really liked that David Lynch version. You know, it's. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I I did. Okay, okay. So I didn't know. Okay, hold on. Let me let me figure out something. All right, so Dune. When did it actually come out? For um, okay, 1984. All right. Yep. So I was eight, so I didn't see it, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously in, in the movie theater, and I didn't read the uh, book, which came out in 1965. So I think. I actually saw it somewhere, I mean, it was during, like, the big home video craze, so mm-hmm. it had to be, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and, uh, damn, I just thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. I really, really did. And I'll never forget uh, going to a convention and buying a bootleg VHS rip. Of the Japanese Laserdisc, which was like the director's cut. It was like four hours long and just just being completely blown away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. And it wasn't until I actually started tabletop gaming. Where I met someone who was very familiar with all of the books. And he, you know, he shit all over that movie because, you know, it didn't have anything to do with the actual book. It was weird, blah, 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 and this, that, and the other. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's—I've always dug it. Uh, it's well cast. Uh, it's David Lynch, so it's weird. I will say <laughs> that David Lynch passed—he was offered and passed on uh, Return of the Jedi in order to do Dune. So— if you can imagine what David Lynch would have done
2: with uh, Return of the, the Jedi, channel. yeah. So the 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 bow on the on the trilogy, yeah. Oh,
0: so uh, I okay. mean, Richard, honestly, it's it's. I mean, it just depends like how big you are into actual film or whatever. It's it's dated. It has a really cool soundtrack, which I. have So when you say it's
1: dated, on. are you talking about the eighty four version or the new one?
0: The uh, okay, let's. We're just talking yeah, about the eighty four. Okay. So it's dated, I mean, uh, it has a kick-ass soundtrack, though. It was done by Toto, yep. and I owned it on CD. And then uh, it was a Record Store Day exclusive two years ago. I picked it up on vinyl. It is just, it's, I love it. It's amazing. I mean, I honestly love everything about it. Okay, and the little girl, his sister, um, Ollie.
2: Shiny. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Shawnee was his um, concubine. Well, yeah. no, actually, okay. that was his wife. Uh, Alia, St. Alia of the Knife, uh, was played by Alicia Witt, who had a small career in the 90s and various stuff. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, I just geek out for this damn thing. And uh, I liked it. And even like, later, I read the well, book. Sting was in it.
2: And I thought yes! the sting casting
0: fucking, was just fucking great. Fucking is in it. Of yeah. again, he's a terrible actor. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, I I love it. I geek out about it. And it was years later after I read the book. Uh, what I can't believe is okay. The new version of Dune has come out, and people keep comparing it to this version. But everybody seems to forget that the Sci Fi Channel did a really, really good uh, miniseries based I remember
2: on... seeing that that was coming out, and I kind of wanted to see it, and I never did. Yeah,
0: it was based on the first book, and it's just like the book, and it's excellent. And then uh, they did a sequel, which combined the next two books, which is Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. And so... uh, it's it's all, those are also really good. And okay, I I will say, uh, and we haven't even got to the new movie yet, but uh, I will say the books just get weirder and weirder and weirder the further on you go. <laughs> uh, all the way, I think the last one that Frank Herbert wrote was Chapter House Dune, which was in 85. And uh, yeah, I I've read like the first three and attempted to read the fourth one. And yeah, it it just gets really, really weird. (laughs) I preferred actually going online and reading a synopsis of like what it was supposed to be, because this is it's this big overarching plot and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but yeah, anyway, to all that to say, the new version is fantastic. It's well acted. The effects are great. And I cannot freaking wait to see the sequel. So, it's, yeah. I guess, you know, all that to say, Richard, if you don't do anything else, just watch the new one, and you'll like
1: it. So, there okay. you go. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to log off right now and go see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Oh. all right. So, we're going to stop recording now. We'll come <laughs> back when, yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. So, um. yeah. All right, Roy, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? So I've been playing a ton of Terra Mystica on Board Game Arena. Uh, and I'm wondering if it's time to fire up another game for us. But uh, I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm, I've been playing that one on Board Game Arena as well. So, yeah, if you uh, ever want, just send me an invitation. I think I just finished okay. up two games well, of it in the last couple of weeks.
2: I'm not a premium member, so I can't start those
1: games. Ah, uh, okay. I'm not so, either.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. And then uh, one of the games that I picked up from uh, Miniature Market was a little, it was a tiny little box, uh, and the the artwork on the front of it, what drew me in was, it was a picture of a cucumber in a Kaiser helmet and a twisty mustache. So this
0: is a little no, game. Uh, no, 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 oh. no, hold on, hold on. All right, Roy, you, you've you got me. You, you have totally sold me on whatever this is. Yes, so that's
2: the... The artwork there, that's what I saw was a cucumber and a Kaiser helmet and a and an evil mustache. So it's a tiny little game um, called Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. And it is a maze game where each player has a secret identity where you're one of those characters. And so the the game starts with the cheese and the mouse on the table and then halfway through the cat comes in and then at the end the cucumber comes in and when the cucumber shows up game over and so you are picking up tiles that are that are part of a maze and you lay it down next to another tile and it affects the rotation of that tile so if you a card will have a little gear on it that says so every the we put a tile down the the tile that this touches you're going to twist it 90 degrees one way or another and then if the uh the cheese or the sorry the cheese doesn't move but the mouse moves around and then eventually the cat moves around so basically you're trying to finagle the maze so that either if you are the cat you want the cat to catch the mouse if you're the uh mouse you want the mouse to get to the cheese. The cheese wants, you know, wants to keep everybody apart. So it's a, it's a hidden roll game and you're laying tiles down and moving things around on the maze. And so uh, things can kind of end abruptly, I guess. Um, but it's a little filler game. It's still, it plays in about 12 minutes um, called Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. I guess so. it's because the, all right mouse, the ma-
0: okay, there's cheese, the mouse wants the cheese. The cat mm-hmm. wants the mouse, and then the cat is scared of the cucumber, like those videos, the, I guess. So the-,
2: the cucumber's role is to like disrupt everything. So if you're the cucumber, that's that's your goal is to keep anybody from doing anything. Um, so you' you have your roll card, and at any point during the game, you can one time flip it over and say, I'm the mouse and you have a special ability that you can do based on and so like for the mouse w- the mouse can use the mouse holes that are on the uh on the cards and they can go between walls and stuff um but so it's a one-time thing that they can do okay so I've only played this game one time um but it's uh it plays on a five by five grid so you, you start with a two by two grid and then you can only build it out to five by five um and uh So it plays in a fairly small footprint and it plays only four players and it's just a little kind of a deduction you know hidden hidden role and uh, mysterious movement and stuff so that's a mouse cheese cat cucumber and that's a brand new game that came out from a company called fight in a box fight in a box yes okay um and here, I gotta go back to my other tab here. Uh, I've been playing the Castles of Burgundy on Board Game Arena and I do not know hardly anything about this game. Um, I've been trying to kind of, I, I stumbled my way through one game and I stumbled my way a little bit less through the second game. Um, and then I realized since I was playing on mobile that I did not have any access to um, uh, the, the pop-up text on some of the tiles so if i had been playing on desktop I would have been able to hover text over things and see what they actually did um so i don't know it's this might be an all right game if i could like understand it better
1: <laughs> it's pretty popular i mean it's i guess i'd almost call it a classic at this point but i've never played it either
2: yeah so yeah that's so that's on board game arena too and then uh, another game I picked up from Miniature Market is uh, Wonder Woman Challenge of the Amazons, which I've I mentioned before and I've borrowed from my um, my game library, but I was fortunate to find a 50% off copy at uh, Miniature Market, which is it's not a cheap game. I think it's about 45 bucks. Um, and that, that might be just due to licensing, but um, I got a good deal on it at uh, Miniature Market. So that's uh, this is a it's a cooperative game and it's there's three different kind of game modes in the box where there's um, like the cheetah is one of the villains, Ares is one of the villains, and then Cersei, and the, they do different things. Um, so like the uh, Ares will spawn corrupted Amazons that pop up in various places around the board so it kind of feels a little bit it's a little bit pandemic-y in a way um one of the things that it does though that implements um to kind of defeat quarterbacking um like in pandemic where you have the alpha player that's saying well you should do this or do that or whatever right and in the wonder woman game you have a strategized phase when you're only you're only strategizing with part of your cards so you you're dealt with three cards face up, two face down, or it might be opposite. I'm not sure. And so you basically you're, you're kind of, you scheme back and forth with the other players saying, okay, well, I'm going to do this based on the cards that I can see, but there's also these cards that I can't see that maybe there's something better I can do in there. So you, you strategize based on your visible cards. And then when you go to actually play your, your different rounds, um, that's all, you lay it all down um, without input from anybody, um, so it kind of kind of takes the edge off of people trying to kind of kind of you know micromanage your turn um, that way. So that's um, that's Wonder Woman: Challenge of the Amazons, and that's a relatively new game, and it comes with some cool little um, figures of Diana and the rest of the Amazons too.
0: I just want to say. I'll point it out and um, link it in the show notes that uh, it's very important that you um, don't call Wonder Woman the C word. So there you go. C word.
1: Or or anyone really, unless yeah, you yeah. live in Australia.
0: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's very, very <laughs> yeah, true. It, it, was, it was a big plot point in uh, Harley Quinn and uh, the, the HBO cartoon. So anyway.
2: Oh. yeah, Boy, yeah.
0: Canadian.
1: No?
2: <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah true all right but, so yeah. uh sorry go ahead do me uh i guess we'll do the siege of vicksburg uh post-mortem and um uh, i mean it did not work uh as it should have as it could have and um that was pretty disappointing but uh it it's really motivated me uh i mean i have yes just jumped up and uh worked really really hard with uh different stuff and uh yeah i think uh, the biggest thing for me is like there's two things it's like number one if the state of mississippi the gamers in it can't be bothered to actually attend a gaming convention in their own state, I guess what I'm going to have to do is go beyond the state. Stop trying to get local because that's not going to happen. No. And, and so, which is really, really disappointing. I don't understand it, it doesn't make any sense to me. But it is what it is. So uh, I'm going to move forward with that. And and then the other is like uh, people that were my friends or said they were my friends that didn't show up. Now, granted, I had a couple show up and then I had a couple that busted their ass to reach out to me and say why they would not be there. And um that's true but past that uh, yeah the people that didn't show um yeah that's that made me feel bad and mm-hmm. like um uh, you know imposter syndrome that i have tells me that it's you it's it, you know it's it's i uh, it's me it goes oh okay it's because you're not a good person you're not you know the people they thought you were you know etc so i really took that personal And uh, so going forward to next year, I mean, I had decided by like Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to do another (laughs) another convention next year out of spite. You're going to have cookers and booze. (laughs) If nothing else, I'm going to fucking do this out of spite, you know, damn it. And I'm going to make it the biggest, best thing I can do. And so, yeah, I'm actively working on that. And uh, I mean, look, I figured out a lot of things. Uh, One is changing my venue. The uh, casino I'm talking to now is infinitely cheaper. It has a hotel attached to it and, uh, you know, some other stuff. But uh, beyond that, it's also like attending other conventions that are in Mississippi and sponsoring events to, you know, just kind of get the word out there. So I'm doing all that. so. So there you go. And I will say, though, and um, I had a lot of fun at this convention. I met uh, the guys from the, uh, it's it's pronounced Lead Pursuit Podcast, but I joked the whole all uh, weekend long that it was the Lead Pursuit Podcast. But they're a fantastic <laughs> group of guys, and they taught me how to play um, Blood Red Skies from Warlord. That's what they do. And they have, like, a big thing in New Orleans. And I think one of them is, like, from Pennsylvania. yeah he was hysterical because one of the reasons why they decided to come to this was, um, he lives like in Pennsylvania and he grew up in Virginia and he grew up thinking every civil war battlefield was in Virginia. So his first thought was like Vicksburg, where is that in Virginia? You know? <laughs> so it was just funny to me. Um, and yeah, we, he, did the tour, liked it, had a lot of fun, and uh we went out and hung out like after in it and yeah, it was great. So it was yeah, all that to say, uh Blood Red Skies is a really fun game and especially if you're a rivet counter, people make uh these planes for every single different version that you want to field and it's really cool. Oh. Uh to- and today I managed to play a game of DBA, which is De Bellis Antiquitus, which I've mentioned on the podcast before. It is a complicated game that plays on a either a twenty-four by twenty-four board or a thirty by thirty-inch board of of ancients versus uh, other ancients, and it's you. The hook for it is you only field twelve different faces. So it's, you have this big army and, well, it's this big struggle. It play, To me, it plays a lot like chess because there is a whole lot of, you know, maneuvering and trying to flank people and, you know, all this stuff. And yeah, just really <laughs> neat. I hadn't gotten to play it in years and uh, a group now that COVID is, less of a thing so you're starting to see more people come out and yeah so it was great to see this historical group come out and play that have not played in like two years and i was like oh yeah i want to play and yeah so really cool and then uh i've mentioned before i do not understand what causes games to suddenly take off whatever it is that makes people wake up one day and say hey you know what We're going to start playing this game. And for whatever reason, Conquest, the last argument of Kings, which I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, has taken off in my area. And uh, yeah, I've got some figures being assembled and hope to play more in the future. And uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see how it goes. And I also uh, got my streaming kit put back together last Friday. So um I'm going to box it up this week and hopefully start live streaming tabletop games, you know, in the future. So anyway. So Oh, all right. Rich, what have you been playing?
1: So, like you said, the pandemic is still around, but it's getting better and for the first time in a couple of years I I had six people over to my house to play here I stand or five people. I was one of the six, I guess. So that was fun. We did that last weekend. We played all last Saturday. And yeah, it was nice to do something like that again. I had forgotten. I mean, I guess I didn't forget how much I missed it, but it was it was definitely good to have people over to the house for an all-day game like that. So here I stand. Um and then like I mentioned earlier, I was in Dallas the uh, the same weekend that you had your con, um and I played some games there. So I played flat top, which is an old uh, who is that? Is that Avalon Hill? I can't remember. It's one of the old game companies um, from like the 80s. And it's a it's a game of World War II carrier battles around on the uh, Solomon Islands. And it's it's really, really good. It's it's an amazing, very deep game. Um, what's really cool is the map is basically empty. So you've got – it shows the positions of the clouds, but for the most part, there's no pieces on the map. Um, All of the work is done off-map by the two sides, so they can't see what the other one is doing. But you've got all your carrier battle groups and everything and your land-based air forces, all that stuff. And you have to manage it. You have to manage, like, you know – what planes are getting ready to take off, what bombs they have on them. If you decide, oh, these guys have bombs on them and I need to take those bombs off and put them back, put torpedoes on instead, you got to pull them back off. They're ready to fly and all that stuff is happening off map. And then and then you get together and basically you you put planes on the map one at a time, start searching for each other's carrier forces. So really amazing game that I'm going to be playing more of. Um that one was flat top. And then I played Holland Forty Four, which is a Mark Semenich game. It's in his his Bond system. It's Operation Market Garden. I played that with a couple other guys in Dallas, uh, where we, it's the you know the aerial uh, aerial um, land airborne uh, invasion of Belgium, followed by the British Thirty Corps that was supposed to back them up. If if see if you've seen the movie A Bridge Too Far, that's what this one is about. Um, and it's always a fun game to play. I like the system. I like this game in particular. And it's just, it's that good kind of frustrating, like frustrating because you can't get it done in time and you realize what a bad plan Market Book Garden was in the first place. So I played that one.
0: Um, All right. So in I, yeah. that game, do you get to bring up the Piat?
1: Well, it's, it's not at that scale. You would have to play ASL if you wanted to bring up the Piat. Okay. Yeah. But ASL definitely has PIATs. little spring-loaded anti-tank device. Yeah, <laughs> PIAT.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, that was Anthony Hopkins that says that, right? Probably. Every, yeah, everyone her, was in that movie. Yeah, you're right. Such a
1: good movie, yeah. Um, and then I played a, a naval miniatures game called uh, Dawn of the Battleship. This is by the Admiralty Trilogy Group. Have you seen anyone play this one, Adam?
0: I am familiar with. Because I think my close personal friend, um, (coughs) Matt, what's his name, uh, is into that particular group?
1: Uh, Matt Peterson? Yeah, Yeah. probably. He didn't play this game. He wasn't in Dallas, so he wasn't playing this one with us. But yes, I know he's probably interested as well. Um, And it was good. It was fun. We had minis on the board and, you know, sailed some battleships around and rolled some dice. It was you know, it wasn't too complicated, not too heavy, but it was interesting enough that it didn't feel like you were just playing, you know, World of Warships or something like that. So it was fun game. Um, we played that one evening. And then the other game I played in Dallas was Divine Right. So this is an old TSR sort of fantasy strategy war game. And are the, either of you guys familiar with this one? No,
2: I've never heard of this before.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's from, I think 81. It's a TSR game. Um, and it was really good. It was surprisingly held up really well. There was a few issues with it, but you know, as we were all playing and enjoying the game, we were saying this game, if it had a modern developer, this would be like seriously a top tier game. It just needs a, a few tweaks to be very, very good. Um, Um, From what I understand, the intellectual property is owned by a guy who's kind of problematic. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. But it was still fun playing the old 1981 version of the game. Mm -hmm. And then on my personal table, I've been playing a lot of Panzer's Last Stand, which is the latest in the uh, BCS MMP's Battalion Combat System series. Or Battalion Combat Series, I guess it's called. Um, And it's just an amazing game. I really like BCS. I'm uh, I actually finally just took it off my table because I've had it up for two months and I wanted to get something else on the table, but I might be playing on Vassal and at our next STL war gamers day, we're going to be doing a, a BCS day where we're going to be teaching the game to people that don't know it yet. So if you are at all interested in that, you're around the St. Louis area or, you know, I guess Michigan is in the St. Louis area. If you're motivated enough, come down and I'll teach you BCS.
0: Uh, That does remind me. Did you pick up anything at the uh, MMP sale?
1: I did not because I pretty much already had what I wanted.
0: Okay. Just curious. I mean, me too. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, wait. We do have a sponsor. It is Mike at AlterDementia.com. And, uh, yeah, you'll see this link in the show notes because it's weird. It's like Alter 3D Mencia and uh, it's whole thing. And uh, yeah, he can print your stuff via STL files, or he has stuff that he can print on demand and mail to you. And the discount code is COG2019 to save yourself. Um, is it 15%? I think it's 15 or 20%. Anyway, just put it in, he'll figure it out. And there you go. It's he can print uh,
1: 1905 battleships for Dawn of the Battleship.
0: Sure, absolutely. So uh, on to what's on your radar, and the first thing we have is the Mothership RPG, which I've talked about a lot on here, is uh, available in a box set. They're kind of doing this like little starter thing, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of mention it. I'm trying to see. All right. I <laughs> <That's laughs> a lot a, of
1: buzz on this one. This one is getting yeah. a lot of attention.
0: Uh, which, I mean, for me, I know I own so much of this. I don't know if it's worth it for me, but if you don't own it, it it would be worth it to you. So, all right. As of this podcast, they have 24 days left to go. They wanted a measly <laughs> 20 grand. That's all they wanted, just 20 grand. Like, you know, a, 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 a stock Toyota Camry. That's all they wanted. And... <laughs> Uh, they are up to, as of this podcast, $825,938. And um, the availability, let's see. All right, you for $30, bucks, you get a digital version. $60, bucks, you get the core set, which is the uh, player survival guide, warden's operation uh, manual, unconfirmed contact reports, and all digital and physical stretch goals. Trying to see, do they have anything crazy? Not
1: uh, really, they've got well, one that includes everything for 200 bucks, but it's not like, you know, they blast you off into space and you get to punch an alien.
0: Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. so uh, yeah, because like looking at like what it is, um, is, I'm seeing I own all of that. Uh, so I don't know if it is, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have the screen. That I think that's the only thing. I don't have the screen the little landing crew thing or the dice and so i don't know i may i'll probably end up buying it anyway just to (laughs) just to get the extra yeah and uh
2: because
0: i dig it because i mean it's a really rules light survival horror rpg and uh it's really freaking cool so there you go uh Hmm. as the next thing we had on kickstarter it was infinity from corvus belly the Spanish company that publishes Infinity has a board game called uh, Tag Raid and it's up on Kickstarter. And um, I'm definitely going to back this. Let's see. Um, as of this podcast, with a little over a week left to go, they wanted $115,000. They have $278,000. I mean, it's essentially. Uh, the same as the Infinity game, you're just playing as like kind of mining corporations fighting various alien things in big suits and whatnot. So I'll definitely end up getting this at some point. And the only reason why is the last thing they released via Kickstarter. Uh, it it fulfilled, everybody got a copy, and it still has not made it to retail yet. So. I'll end up getting this one for sure.
1: Simply minis so good.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the minis are always fantastic for this one.
1: Oh, that's funny. There's a WALL-E mini in there.
0: Yeah. I can't remember what they call it, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just called uh, Remote. <laughs> a Remote uh, Miniature, but it's WALL-E. <laughs> and uh,
0: speaking of Kickstarters that I will... Uh, fulfill and buy into uh, Monster Apocalypse, the board game, has uh, hit Kickstarter, and I have already backed this. In fact, I've already backed it and went back and adjusted my bid to get more stuff. So, as of this podcast, they wanted a hundred grand, and with eleven days left to go, they've got over half a million dollars. So. Uh, I've always been fascinated by this particular board game. And because it originally started as a CMG, it was yep. a collectible miniature game. And so you had to buy like boosters to get, you know, different monsters with different stats. And yeah, I mean, it's a really cool playing mechanic. And I bought into it with just buying a faction, and having them painted. But um, I of course you know me I've never got it to the table so with this hopefully this will help me get it to the table because I'll get the rule book and I'll get the uh all the extra stuff uh, that's coming in they keep adding all these great stretch <laughs> goals too so um yeah I think I have yeah I backed it at the 119 level which is the new to the game one to two player uh exp- yeah game so there you go that's so basically i mean it's basically like um what is that movie with ertis uh alva where he fights kaiju um pacific room oh, yep. it, yeah it's basically that the it's basically pacific Rim, the board game although there actually is a pacific Rim, the board game so but anyway <coughs> moving on a friend of mine told me about this game today. He played it last weekend, a beta version of it and liked it. This is Space Kings the book which is uh it was a it was a Kickstarter that happened gosh uh end of last year I think and um yeah. I thought that they it was a, a $6,000 Kickstarter, they raised 25 grand and um yeah. I found it interesting because it is an improv improvisational role-playing game you use decks of a 54 standard card playing uh cards to fight evil space governments thwart unethical corporations and host fancy dinner parties and overcome other devious challenges so thought that was kind of neat and um I had not heard of it. My friend really talked it up really well. And uh, yeah, so I'll toss it on the show notes here. And I guess eventually it will come to, um, you know, retail. And there you
2: go. There is a podcast that is uh, improv uh, space fantasy called Mission to Zix. And that's Z-Y-X-X. That is kind of, this kind of catches that vibe for me. Hmm. Okay. I think they're in their third season.
0: Okay, what do they do? Oh, like it's, it,
2: <clears throat> it's all improv, but then they go back and they edit and add um, you know, sound effects and stuff. Oh. Okay. So once you know, once somebody says it, then it's in the it's in the canon.
0: Hmm.
2: And I think they've they've got like a little rule book essentially of like um all of their swear words are um are changed so like it's a uh, um is their word that that they use but anyway it's yeah it's all improv um you know space okay. fantasy. yeah
0: interesting all right uh okay so the next thing is uh not as in court i guess that's you richard
1: yeah, court, close enough. Yeah, instead of bows, you get tanks. Um, I talked earlier about BCS. I'm really in love with the system now. Um, if you are at all interested in BCS and you want a nice small BCS to game to get into the system, have I got news for you? I feel like I'm. I should get a a cut of the profits here or whatever. But um, no, seriously, they've got a. It's a one map BCS game. It's on pre order right now. And if you are interested in BCS, do this. Still on pre order price, you can get a discount, and but it's already made its number too, so it'll you know be out before you know it.
0: All right, so that's battalion combat <laughs> series. Is that the smallest version?
1: Well, there's, there's OCS, which is operational combat series, right. those are that's definitely bigger scale than BCS. Yes. BCS is sort of in the middle. There's also a standard combat series, which is not necessarily done by scale it's just um it's a simpler system there is the tactical combat series which is smaller operation or a smaller scale and then you know ASL which is not any any of those series but ASL is a tactical game as well so yeah in this one your your counters are going to be battalions
0: all right and cuz <laughs> all i know of BCS is they're the ones that decide like the rose bowl and stuff like that so
1: Yeah, but those guys are evil and stupid, so.
0: All right. Uh, And then this
1: last one, I just put this up here because I thought it was hilarious. Have you seen this Dagon Kickstarter?
0: No. What is this?
1: It's a Kickstarter. It's just one mini. It's just like literally one mini of this Cthulhu god that you can can kickstart if you want to. And for some reason, I thought that was funny. Oh, well, there's like okay. no, no stretch goals, no expanded anything else. It's a Kickstarter for one big mini and it looks good, but it's it's. I thought that was funny.
0: All right. He is uh, 28 pounds, which is $38. <laughs> He's a 100 millimeter tall. And uh, yeah, it's just him. Yeah. So he uh, he honestly can kickstart looked...
1: anything, including one single miniature.
0: And, okay, I will say, the guy only wanted, whoever did this, he only wanted, like, 400 bucks.
1: You know what I'm getting? I have no idea. This is a total guess. Yeah. I'm guessing this guy wanted to buy a 3D printer, <laughs> and and this is his way of funding it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he was, like, like 400 bucks, and he's up to $3,000. Yeah. So, yeah. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I just need to do that Kickstarter where I buy a case of beer. You know yeah, that that's absolutely. it. It's like just a case of beer, and yep. you know I don't know what the stretch goals would be. They would be ridiculous, and yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> but you're right. You can literally kickstart anything and uh, everything. So all right. Uh, so the next thing we had, boy, let's see if I can stop that. All right. Um, the next thing we had is is Wizards of the Coast working on Star Frontiers reboot? Are you guys familiar with Star Frontiers at all?
2: Yes, a little bit. It was you a really TSR, kind of a, a sci-fi version of D&D.
0: Did you yeah, pl- was... yeah, did you play it or anything? And oh, yeah. I definitely did.
1: I loved One or games two games. sessions, yeah. Yeah, I played a lot when I was a kid. In fact, next to D&D, this, definitely when I was a kid, it was my most played game.
2: Really? Okay.
1: After D&D, yeah.
2: And yeah. I would wager that Star Frontiers would be maybe a little bit more agreeable to to parents who were kind of freaked out about the, you know, the occult, all the stuff that came, came with that back in the day with uh, D&D.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Uh, and I've had to explain uh, recently to some kids about the satanic panic of mm-hmm. uh, the 1980s and what that was like and why. And yeah, so... Mm. <laughs> so, which Star Wars? All I remember is reading a couple of the novels that they put out. But I mean, I guess it's basically it was D anD D's answer to Traveller,
1: maybe. Um, I guess so. I, I don't know. For me, it was just a sci-fi RPG. It, I mean, it it. I don't remember much about the system or anything. I remember some of like the cool weapons in there, like vibro knives and needle guns and stuff like that. Um, But the specifics, I don't remember that much about.
0: And I think, um, I guess, uh, D and D would come out with something sci-fi to compete with Starfinder. Would be
1: my guess. Yeah, but I'm not here. I mean, Starfinder. I don't think is even that popular though. I think people that are playing uh, sci-fi are are playing something else. I don't think Starfinder is doing very well. Ah, Richard's like, Mm. yeah,
0: nobody plays that. (laughs) it's it's not a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, look, I was surprised as hell today, being in my um, FLGS, and like I look over behind me, and there's some people gaming, and you know they have one guy has up the uh, the GM screen. And I'm like, OK, what is that GM screen? And I look at it and I'm like, it's got spaceships on it. And then I look over to the left and there is a hex map and there's some starships on it. And I'm like, huh, wait a minute. So I walk around behind it. I'm like, oh, my God, you're playing Traveler. Wow. So that's yeah, that was just super cool for me to actually see in person in my area. Some a group of people playing Traveler. And, uh, yeah, they're playing the Mongoose version, which, I mean, whatever. I'm not a traveler snob. But, uh, yeah, it was just really cool to see. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. The uh, next thing I had in news was uh, Games Workshop posted a 40K survey. And I took it yesterday. I mean, it's essentially essentially like, what do you like? Uh, what do you think we should do? Is like, you know, how often do you want us to update rules, points, etc. Blah blah blah. And so there you go. So, and I would say if you're like me and someone who just likes to bitch, moan, and complain, this is the thing that you should uh do and uh, take that. So there you go. Anyway, uh, the next thing I had was the Twilight Two Thousand RPG kickstarter has started to uh arrive people are getting it and huh this is a kickstarter regret for me because i'm just chomping at the bit to buy into this game and it's just not available yet and that just annoys me so there you go are you guys familiar with twilight 2000 at all Yep, I've got some I
1: friends that have been talking about it, but I don't have any mm-hmm. personal experience.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you familiar with, Roy? Uh,
2: I had the box set back in the day from, it was not, it was uh, GDW, Game Designers Workshop. Yep. Right. Um, so, I had the box set, and I think I bought one of the modules. I don't know. I never played it, but I loved reading through it. Yeah, um,
0: see, I'm fascinated by just the idea of it. It's like, okay, World War Three happened mm-hmm. and is now over.
2: All right, it's kind of in so, that same era as like Red Dawn. Yes. And so all that. and Firefox kind of in that same right. Era. Yeah. So
0: it's like you are just <laughs> Joe Schmo uh, infantryman, and you were stationed in poland during world war Three. world war Three happened it's over and you really want to get back to your michigan where you're from mm-hmm. so that's that's the, that's the <clears> hook <throat> that's what you do is you try to you know navigate your way and find a way back to the us and right. i just that fascinating you know so Although, uh, one thing for me is like looking and reading of people's examples of play and whatnot is they are, um, they'll usually have like a tank or an armored fighting vehicle or something as like a, a thing in their party. So, my question has always been like, those things get like five miles to the gallon. So, how are you keeping
2: gas in it to Mm -hmm. get from point A to
1: point
2: B so anyway that's That's the thing is that that's that's the sort of game that would really thrive on really micromanaging well you know I've got I've only have five bullets left for my gun so do I you know do I try to uh just take this person this sentry out do I try to like you know stab him in the throat or do I waste a bullet
0: Okay, and if, if it's like that, like, what if it's like Mad Max, where, uh, or Fallout, uh, no, not Fallout, um, Metro, where uh, bullets are currency, you know, since they're really good, you know, it's good, you can't get them anywhere, they become currency, so,
2: mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm.
0: it's just interesting, anyway. Uh, last thing we had was Paizo, uh Pathfinder's Paizo recognizes a staff union, so...
2: Yeah, so uh, Paizo, uh, the, the people that work for Paiso decided that they were going to unionize. They, I think they had some pretty cruddy working uh, conditions, and so they formed a union, and they're kind of an unaffiliated, although they, I guess they are affiliated with another union now, but they basically went to management and said, we are, uh, we're, we're union members now. So, and it was, I don't, Paizo kind of took it in stride and said, well, all right, I guess, I guess you're a union now.
0: I mean, come on. It's like, what are they going to say? It's like,
1: yeah, well, I don't know, it's your, you know I, I don't think you should be, I don't know. Well, but, there's been plenty of businesses that have tried to break unions and still oh, recognizing yeah. them, so They could have done that. But sure, I, mean, I know. Is-
0: but the I just think of them as being a more "quote unquote" woke company, and so even if they didn't agree did, with it, did
1: they make the list of woke RPGs? Ooh,
0: <laughs> I think they
2: did. I think they did. So if they didn't, oh, they're damn. on. now. no! Oh, damn, I'm, Richard, that's a I'm, great callback. This is probably the first um, place we've seen union a union formed in tabletop gaming. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure there's probably been some other place too, but this is the first thing I can recall.
0: Look, Wizards of the Coast isn't unionized. So mm, yeah, so all right. And (laughs) just as soon as I start paying you guys, you are more than welcome to form a union. So
1: Paizo is in the red list, I just checked. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: All right. All right. (laughs) Ah. Because they have whole pages Ah. in their books telling you how you must play their game and be inclusive.
0: Yeah, they're Gosh. like, dadgummit, you cannot discriminate. And they're like,
2: ah, you can't tell me what to do. I'll discriminate
0: if I want to. Uh, so, anyway. All right, well, I'm glad we kind of got back together and produced some stuff and did a little content, and I hope you missed this. And look, it always makes my day if you'll send an email to uh, chanceofgaming at gmail.com or like us on facebook or do or even better do like an itunes uh review or review wherever you listen to this podcast it's always nice and uh makes me feel good and makes me want to continue doing this so yeah so um yeah i reckon that's uh, all we got and since we're recording this a different way i really hope it <laughs> is recorded and uh this all wasn't for naught but if you're hearing this then it worked so yay so anyway. well it says it's recording on my end so i know yeah oh does it tell you it's like uh, adam yeah. adam is recording you just yep. just watch what you say so. <laughs> all right so uh, i guess we'll say good night then good night Thanks everyone you. good night